In this episode of DaVita Leadership Insights, we discuss leading with mental health. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Consult your mental health professional or other qualified health provider regarding your specific condition, diagnosis, treatment, and health questions. If you are in crisis or you think you may have an emergency, call 911 immediately. Hi, and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader both personally and professionally. I'm Doug Miller, a master coach and DaVita University faculty member. And I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University. Today, we get to chat about how to lead with mental health with Spencer Westcott, a division vice president in Trailblazers, supporting about 70 dialysis centers in Kentucky, Tennessee, Indiana, and Alabama. Welcome, Spencer. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today to discuss this important topic of leading with mental health. The month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so we thought this was extremely appropriate to have this episode, and we hope to increase awareness and encourage dialogue and action in our village with um, this podcast, with talking to you. So I know mental health has been a difficult topic for people to discuss in the workplace, uh, for myself included. So why do you think that is, and why do you think it's so important to discuss mental health in the workplace? Well, Grace, I think there is, frankly, a huge stigma still attached to mental health. And whether it's DaVita or any other company, I think what I constantly struggle with is just uh, the balance of trying to be authentic and vulnerable, but also putting my best foot forward and uh, trying not to have any kind of weakness or vulnerability. And so... I think that is something that uh, is a constant challenge. And if there's one one takeaway I want people to have is that it's okay um, and want to reduce that stigma uh, attached to any kind of mental health issues or anxiety. That's, that's really well said, Spencer, and I really appreciate your willingness to be here and speak with us on it. And um and just wondering if there's anything else to be said here in terms of its importance and um, in the workplace to talk about it. Yeah. And so I think whether it's mental health or I think in my case, I would also uh, share that, you know, our, uh, my wife and I miscarried on our first child. And one thing that I learned from that experience, as difficult as it was, was how common it was. Uh, and that really helped us heal. And so Something that I took from that experience into the anxiety in in my uh, work and personal life was that you know the more I'm willing to share it uh, with others, the more uh, one uh, common I realize it is, and and two um, having a community of folks to work through and uh, work and improve kind of my overall overall mental health. Yeah. Wow. Um, Spencer, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And that I can imagine how hard uh, that must have been to to lead yourself and your family through that. So just to kind of expand a little bit more, could you share a little bit more detail on how mental health and kind of, uh, you know, mental health as it relates to your life and your life experiences, you know, how has that touched your life? 
Yes, Grace. So it's interesting. I must admit that uh, when I mentioned earlier that we want to seem invincible or not be vulnerable uh, at work, that uh, and the stigma attached with I think mental health. I uh, w- was of I was that type of person who had a bit of judgment uh, for a family member uh, starting in high school uh, that was close to me that was going through some mental health challenges. And so uh, I learned <laughs> the hard way that uh, I, I needed to kind of lean into, lean into that and be a better family member to this person. And through that experience, learned that you know, it is something that you can totally manage and get and, uh, and work through. Um, and, I think what has happened then in the last couple of years is that I, uh, when I kind of hit my wall at work, um, and realized I couldn't just kind of force my way through it and uh, muscle my way as I'm used to doing that, uh, it really required me to kind of seek, uh, that community, um, and friends and family to, to rely upon, to talk through, um, you know, how to address it. Really appreciate your, uh, your, what you're sharing here, Spencer, and just wondering if you'd be willing to share a little bit more about what that, you know, you, you mentioned you hit a wall, um, what that was and how that occurred for you. Yes, I think the challenge that I I have and my, my tendency, my approach is just, as I mentioned, to kind of muscle through stuff. And there's a certain point that I just, uh, I felt like there was a, so much to do, it felt like, and I couldn't clearly break things down into actionable problems as well as I as I was used to doing. And um, I started off, frankly, just by kind of ignoring it um, and thought I could just kind of get over it and wasn't sleeping and eventually had to seek out um, kind of professional services, both counseling, uh, also went to my physician and through a combination of kind of counseling and now kind of uh, coaching combined with uh, my physician's recommendations of uh, medication and exercise along with some you know personal reflection prayer uh, to help calm my busy brain um, uh, it's been able to help uh, mitigate this quite a bit mm, yeah Thank, thanks so much for sharing that piece of it, too, because I, I think that the resources are out there, right? And yet a lot of times, like you said, it, it takes a while to start leveraging them. So why why do you think you finally reached out and, and sought professional help? How did that show up for you and how did you know it was time to really get to um, those support networks? A couple things. One was having people around me that could recognize behavior that was not healthy. Uh, so that was really important. Uh, my reaction early on when I was ignoring it uh, was I was taking my busy brain and as a way to distract myself from, uh, you know, the problems I wasn't addressing or the the challenges I thought was overwhelming me was to just busy my brain further <laughs> by listening, you know, watching YouTube videos and so forth. And uh, that, you know, was not a behavior that, you know, was typical or one that made me more distant uh, from those closest to me. So my my wife was a central part to kind of recognize that um, and and help me kind of recognize that this is not uh, the best way to handle it. Um, and so I think 
having her, uh, her influence was huge. And then when I was seeking some, some counseling was, uh, think a couple things that really helped was working through, uh, helping to, for me to realize that it's actually just practically inefficient for me to be as anxious as I was about everything. And someone said, um, you know, naming your fears was a big way. And all these things are a lot easier said than done. And there was no aha moment, but uh, like figuring out what is really causing me to be anxious uh, and always being in fight or flight and frank and frankly, just not having it be as an efficient uh, use of my time and energy uh, really helped kind of um, uh, help me get through that a bit more. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you said your brain was just so busy all the time, right? And so some people might be listening and like, yeah, my brain is busy all the time too. I'm super effective because my brain is always moving and always doing something. And that's that like false, you know, this false sense we get into that we're actually being productive when we busy our brain so much, right? Is that is that kind of how you equate it? Because it sounds as though people might wonder, why did you need to fix that? Because that sounds like it was working for you. <laughs> yes, I think uh, it's kind of, it reminds me, um, there's this uh, philosopher, St. Augustine, who talks about disordered loves. And all these things are good things. And so his point in, in this uh, idea of disordered loves is good things, you put too much weight on them. So things like career and success. And for me, I really want people to like me. Mm. And so I remember going to a counseling session and someone telling me that um, <laughs> having anxiety is kind of the, a nice person's uh, disorder, meaning that, uh, mm. uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of nice people out there struggle with it because we have a hard time saying yes or no when we want to say no and yes mm. and uh, trying to accommodate you know, everything going on in the world and feeling like it's all on all your responsibilities. So I think uh, trying to figure out what those things were that are good things that I was putting too much emphasis on and too much weight on. Um, really kind of helped reduce the the weight that they felt to me. So I could still have a busy mind, but then be able to turn that off uh, or turn it down um, so I could have that mind rest was, was really important. Yeah, I think a couple of things I'm going to tease out of the conversation here, Spencer, that I'm really resonating with. One is just, um, you know, I can share for myself, it took me a while um, to kind of come out of denial around how mental health was impacting my life. I have a family member who struggles um, and struggled in the past couple of years. And at first I was just in denial that it was even happening. So, you know, the like being willing to see these and put the pieces together and then start to explore with professional health. And, th and there was a moment in my journey um, supporting this person where I, um, where basically I was saying, all right, it's time to get professional input now. I, I'm no longer, the way I am going to support you is by having a professional assess this and determine. So it was uh, an interesting place of moving out of that denial, but also understanding my own limitations um, as just a, a, a loving family member to support them. Um, and that can get dicey, right? That can get dicey with our loved ones who might maybe in resistance or not wanting to see that this is actually impacting them more than than they want. Um, 
So that's that's one of the things that I'll tease out there. And then another thing I'll just say is um, we have a lot of you've mentioned awesome resources and we have some resources here within the village that I think are really important uh, for teammates to know that they exist. And then I'm always an advocate for teammates that if you're thinking about using these resources, just reach out and, and use them. Like just your thinking about them is the cue for you to reach out and use them. Don't wait um, until, you know, until, I don't know, until when, but don't wait, just reach out. So you can look in the show notes and there's some resources there for our um, teammate assistance program. Um, Sometimes it's called the employee assistance program in other organizations, but here we call it the TAP, the teammate assistance program. And there's a lot of um, and there are links and phone numbers and things in the show notes that you can reference to get access to that. Doug, thank you so much for bringing all of that up, because I think there's two things that I'm hearing. Like one is what Spencer is sharing in terms of from his personal point of view, like it's hard for him to be able to know when to, to get help and such. And then from the other side, if you're a loved one for someone Uh, at home or if you're working with someone and you're seeing some things that doesn't seem like themselves, right? And and you want to be able to support them. That might be an indicator that you might need to to speak to someone too and get their help just as a way for you to help someone else. So I think a couple ways you can use that teammate assistance program and totally agree. It's such a great program, 10 free sessions per year, per issue, per family member. And I have definitely used it myself. So I will put that out there. It is an incredible benefit that we have here in the village. Um, And with that said, I want to get back to Spencer. So um, Spencer, I I thank you for sharing what it was like for you as you were trying to manage work and life and everything else. And it was starting to become overwhelming. I just want to drill down into the, the work piece of it, right? So you have a lot of responsibilities. You have a lot of teammates looking to you to know like what to do and, and, um, and, and the direction to go. So what was it like for you? I got to a point where I was physically sick. And so uh, almost every day, stressed about things that, again, they don't seem like a big deal, but they can be, it can feel like your whole world. So a metrics report that would come out once a week or even a routine call uh, became, you know, a big stressor. And uh, so I, it it got, you know, so bad where I I sought help. And I think what uh, coming out of uh, that support what has really helped me along um, is that I have been trying to share openly, um, including today, uh, my experience, my journey, and again, removing the stigma attached to this. And so uh, one story is when I went to uh, a group meeting um, following all you know COVID precautions, of course, that um, uh, we just kind of reflected on 2020 and the weight of the year particularly on you know field teammates and, and the stressors uh, across the board and I shared that uh, you know my struggles with anxiety and I mentioned specifically that you know medication's been a big help and then it was interesting to see the ripple effects of others being willing to share you know, th- both their struggles uh, with anxiety as well and also even getting specific on how much they appreciate their medications yeah. <laughs> as well so it was a good kind of release uh, for um, 
uh, in that moment, um, you know, with all the, the stress that was going on. Oh, that's such a great story and how you were able, your sharing was able to help others feel comfortable in sharing and be able to help change that stigma, you know, to take it away, to remove it. Because at Davida, you know, we say we want you to bring our whole, your whole self to work because whether you talk about something you're struggling with or not, you're struggling with it and it shows up for you. Um, so I that that's fantastic leading role modeling and and I love it and I I certainly will share too that it is so interesting how you never know who you might reach when you are able to share that information and it and it doesn't even have to be big right like I'll bet you the folks in that group who are on medication or not on medication or just they could just relate like stress. I mean, who doesn't have stress, right? Like who doesn't have some kind of stress in their life? Yes. And right. And that's the whole point is mental health is not just on this huge extreme end of the spectrum. And if you're if you don't feel like that bad, then therefore you don't need help. It's a huge range. And um, I, and and I'll share, too, that there was a, a, a big group meeting, a big team meeting, probably 80 people that I went to right like a couple months after COVID or one or two months after COVID. And I was stressed. You know, I was struggling. I was struggling at home. I was struggling at work. And it, it happened to be both in the same physical place because we were in quarantine. <laughs> and I shared in that team meeting with 80 people, you know, I talked about how I felt like I was failing, like I was failing at work, that I was failing at home, that I was failing as a mom, that I was failing as a wife, that I was failing in so many different ways. And I just felt like I couldn't keep up. And and me just sharing that and sharing how I was able to go see a, a teammate assistance program, a TAP counselor, and how much that helped me feel like I wasn't alone, to feel like I had someone who had my back who had someone, you know, I could just talk to about all the things that were bothering me. And that was what they were paid to do is listen to me, right? And I felt so much better afterwards. And after I shared that, I actually had teammates come up to me afterwards and just say, I have felt the same way. You know, I feel so amazing that I am not alone. And you look like you're, you got it all together. You know, you seem like you're able to do everything. And I was like, no, I'm not able to do everything. And I'm human just like you. You know, I'm human just like you. And it, it really helped them realize that it's okay to talk about that. And then even one person said, I'm calling EAP, uh, TAP and I'm getting a counselor. And this, this is so amazing for me to feel like it's okay to do that. It, it reminds me of the importance of having another brain to borrow when you're going through something. It's almost analogous to just simply having someone uh, who, like when I'm getting dressed, my wife can see that my my collar is, is sticking up or my tag is sticking out. Like just being able to borrow another perspective yeah. for a moment. <laughs> and again, it's it can be no big bigger deal than that. But it's just pointing out a couple things about, okay, what's behind that that really helps kind of you know, burst the balloon of, of fear or whatever is, you know, lift, make, putting so much weight on any particular topic um, that um, that has really helped. Thanks for sharing them. Yeah, I love that idea, Spencer, of borrowing a brain. I'm definitely gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna borrow <laughs> that idea and use it. Um, and in that in that vein, though, can you share some times where you've been able to do that for others, where you've been able to coach others and lead with mental health? 
Yes, I think in addition to just being vulnerable, again, trying to, you know, stop the stigma, uh, I also have learned, again, knowing kind of what's been behind my anxiety, which for me has been the weight. Uh, sometimes it feels like the weight of the world on certain responsibilities and being able to kind of, again, name those fears and then provide clarity for myself. Um, so I know kind of what's most important and really fully understanding in the scope of work and life, how important they are really, uh, has helped me a lot to reduce my anxi anxiety. And what I try to do for my team is to provide clarity with what good looks like and be able to be, uh, also, um, a listening ear for things that they're going through. And I can be proactive in terms of, yeah, this is important. Um, and, and this, this is less important. So they don't feel as if everything has equal importance as I did when I was at my worst and everything is then becomes overwhelming. So I think to summarize, I think trying to provide clarity around kind of what's important, um, uh, has helped, I, I hope helps my team, um, reduce the, the risk of, of getting that anxious. And Spencer, it's that time. We end all of our episodes the same way. You've given us so many different ideas and tips. We just want to narrow it down. What's one practical tip you would ask others to try right away to lead with mental health? I say let's crush the stigma. Uh, be willing to share where you're at um, with friends, family, and those closest to you. And you, I'm always surprised by uh, the, the benefits that come from that. Mm. Great tip. Thanks for being here with us today. And thanks for everything you do for our village. Thank you so much, Spencer. Thank you so much. Wow, that was an insightful and really courageous discussion with Spencer. I really loved his tip at the end on leading with mental health to just crush that stigma, crush that stigma around talking about mental health and just be vulnerable and share. Completely agree, Grace. Um, really honored to be a part of the conversation. And speaking of tips, it's now my turn to follow up on the tip from our last episode with Julian and Simone on leading diverse teams. Julian's tip was to lean into vulnerability, and Simone's tip was to ask if you don't know. And uh, what I want to share with you, Grace, is uh, I actually used Simone's tip in our relationship uh, and because uh, I don't know a lot about um, I've, I've not been friends with a lot of Asian people in my life and I really value our friendship. And so um, the shootings and the violence that was enacted on the Asian community in Atlanta really woke me up a little bit to that. And so um, it was great to lean in and to ask some questions and better understand your experience and what you were going through. Um, it really gave me a lot of insight into um, into the Asian experience and, and what that's like. So thank you so much for being willing to do that. It was super helpful. Yeah, Doug. And, and thanks. I, I can't even say how much I appreciate that you gave me that space to share, because honestly, I was having a hard time processing. Like I wasn't sure how I was supposed to be feeling yeah. or if I should be feeling anything, any specific connection at all. And it really brought up some baggage that I just thought I had buried deep down, which is this feeling of being a perpetual foreigner. 
in my home, mm-hmm. you know, in America, which is my home and has been for um, my almost my whole life, right? And and so just being able to talk through that and try to to try to unpack it has been extremely helpful for me. So I appreciate that you used Simone's tip and <laughs> was able to help us connect at that level and really help me process through it. So thank you, thank you, Doug. And and for our listeners, we would love to hear your stories and tip as well. Please check out our show notes, click on the listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips in writing or through a voice message. And also remember that we talked a lot about the teammate assistance program here in this episode at DaVita resources with, um, we also have a free access to the Headspace app. So we have so many things that can help support you and other teammates and your families actually with mental health resources. So don't miss out on those. They are in the show notes. You don't have to jot anything down. Just go to those notes there and you can click and connect to those resources. And Doug, I'm going to also say, uh, again, I'm going to encourage people if they haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do click that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. Not only click subscribe, but then head over to iTunes and rate us. It's super helpful for us. Uh, and, And there's also a survey link in our show notes. So if you have any feedback or want to let us know anything, um, we're happy and, and, and really look forward to hearing from you. So we'll end this episode the way we all end all of our episodes, Grace, by saying one for all. All for one. All for one.